How do you pronounce your last name? Zurd? Zurad. Zurad. Yes. Rich Zurad. Ben, you were telling Rich about some podcast you're listening to. Oh, yeah. It's called The Soundtrack Show. The Soundtrack Show. Yes, continue. Yeah, so we were talking about... I was asking you whether it is the orcs or the urukai yes who come out of that membrane thing in the in the pit of saruman are you just saying no the pit of saruman that's where is it called the pit of well i don't know but you subscribe to pit it's below saruman's castle so yeah it's saruman's pit where the orc get born yes i apologize to any lord of the rings fan listening right now who knows and is just shouting at their phone going it's this you morons i don't think that that I Lyle, think that space has a name in the books. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I, the, the, Everything has a name in Tolkien's books. But I don't even know if the Orakai are part of the books specifically. They are. The orcs there's are, orcs but there's the orc- special orcs. I don't remember the special orcs. Orakai are being not created. orcs. Okay, I'm editing now, and I had to stop this. The Orakai are fictional characters, of course, by J.R. Tolkien's uh, Universe Middle Earth. They are introduced in The Lord of the Rings as an advanced breed of orcs that serve Sauron and Saruman. So the terminology, the name Urukai has the element Uruk, which is block speech word related to orc, related to the word Uruk in Tolkien's invented language of Quenya. The element high means folk, so Urukai is orc folk. The term is reserved for the soldier orcs of Mordor and Isengard. Yes, by the way, that is where Saruman hangs out. That building is called Isengard. Of course, it gets destroyed by the treants. And the lo- larger orcs called the smaller breeds Snaga, or slave is the actual meaning of that. So Urukai, described as a large black orcs of great strength, first appeared from Mordor about the year 2475 of the Third Age, when they briefly took Ithilien and the city of Olgisleth. Uh, these original Uruks were of Sauron's breeding, but Saruman bred his own, which could endure sunlight. In the two towers, Aragon observes that the fallen Urukai at Amenhen had different gear than he had seen before, swords and bows like those of men, and shields and helmets set with the white hand of Esrun, or Saruman. The tree, and Treebeard speculates that Saruman had crossbred orcs and men. These orcs, who named themselves the Fighting Urukai, made up a large part of Saruman's army, together with the Dunglings and other human enemies of Rohan. And so they were faster, stronger, and larger than normal orcs, and could travel during the day without being weakened, although they still did not like it. In the, in the podcast that I'm talking about, which is a, a three-part podcast on the uh, soundtrack of The Lord of the Rings and <gasps> Wait, all of the... Wait, this podcast is just about soundtracks? It's just, it's called The Soundtrack Show. Oh, I, I need to listen to this. It's about only soundtracks. Yeah, and um, he, uh, he goes on a little bit of a rant at some point. He says, it's almost as if this universe was created to be confusing. And one of the things that he points out, one of probably 20 different things, are just like how the names of a lot of these things that are 
kind of similar, but not at all the same. Like Saruman and Saruman. Saruman, Saruman. Saruman and Saruman. And then there's the, the, the uh, Gandalf, the white, or the white and the gray. And the, well, first the guy, he's the gray, and then he becomes gray, and the and white. He becomes the white, when, and then there's the... This is David W. Collins is the, is the yeah. guy that makes this show. I'm going to have to listen to it. And the most recent episodes are all about Lord of the Rings. It's is fantastic. The, is the podcast only about Lord of the Rings or does it have other no, things No, 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 no. It's, if it's if he's got one about the Interstellar soundtrack, I will listen to that right now. That's, he, that's only the greatest movie he soundtrack Rocky ever the made. Rocky Four and Transformers, an interview with composer Vince DiCola. Yeah, what was the one just before all of the Lord of the Rings ones? Uh, it was, it was two, two Rocky the Four. No, no, no. Go up one more. Yeah. Wagner. The Ooh. first Lord of the Ring. So he does a whole episode Wagner, yeah. on the ring cycle, on Wagner's ring cycle. Of course, because, you have to, right? Because it is so, yeah, it's like Lord of the Rings is like modern ring cycle. It's like the the ring cycle that that um, our population listens to. It's He does a series on something called Star Wars. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Is that, that like Star Trek? It's but like with that, wars, but with you more gotta, violence. You gotta start a fight. <laughs> I know. Uh, full disclosure: I am a Star Wars fan. I'm also a Star Trek fan. But I, if I had to choose one, oh, I don't know. I don't know anymore. It used to be a clear cut Star Wars, but then I started watching Star Trek, and I love them both. You're my reflection in that black mirror. <laughs> <laughs> this is Geek Speak. I'm Lyle Troxel. I'm in the room with Standard Geek Ben Jaffe. You're Standard Geek now. Standard Geek. I don't know. Awesome I'm like, Geek. I'm I'm like the furniture. What are you saying? <laughs> I felt like the furniture earlier. You're wheeling me over here. Yeah, that's true. We're doing a bit of an update. Today, we've invited a special guest, Rich. Do you last name Zurad. Zurad. What is it? What, is it Russian? Is uh, it? My understanding of the origin is Ukrainian. Okay. It definitely but... sounds like a supervillain. It does kind of. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. I was going to say it sounds like um, the who's the emperor in Toy Story. Oh yeah, Zard. Oh, Z- yeah, Zod? Zerg. It's Zerg. 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 Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and yeah. your last Zerad. name is yeah, Zerad. Zerad. Yeah. Right. Rich Zerad is a senior <laughs> software engineer at Netflix. As is Ben Jaffe and myself. We're all just we're at Are work. Any non-senior do... software engineers? No, we all have senior software uh, engineers. Okay, yeah. Um, I believe Rich is the youngest of. No, maybe you can... who's older? No, here? we're. Uh, I'm 33. So- well, actually, no. Wait, I'm. Yeah, I'm 33. Did you just check your phone? I had to know what date in May it was. <laughs> oh, I thought today was your birthday and you were being... <laughs> I, if it was past a certain day in May, I would be 33. When we finish May, will you be 33 or 34? I will be 33 at the end of May. Okay, so you've already had a birthday this month. Yes. In fact, it was like two days ago. Yes. Yes. Oh, hey, happy awesome. birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we I'm were, older. We were talking about this podcast, and I wanted to hear more about it. So thank you for coming in and 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 uh, joining me, Ben, to tell me about this podcast. Yeah, we in fact both came into this room. I didn't come in to join you. That's true. It's, it's kind of a sad image I have in my mind. You're just sitting, <laughs> sitting in this room, room all alone. <laughs> <laughs> the like, truth please, is, someone come join the me. Because <laughs> all of our desks are within a few feet of each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we're chatting at desks, and I said, "Let's do this on mic." Yes. Yeah, all true. right. That sounds like a fantastic podcast for someone who's into music. Yes, I will definitely be listening to it again with everyone who I know who wants to listen to it with me again. All right. Yeah. And again, the show is called The Soundtrack Show. And David David Collins David uh, produces Collins. the show. And obviously, he gets he knows a lot about music. I like his and, style. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah. I'll have to listen. Thank you so much for the recommendation. Rich, what podcast do you listen to? Uh, the podcast that I listen to. So the, the first podcast I actually got into was Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk. Because 
I'm an astronomy nerd and space sci-fi nerd, and so I listen to that. Um, the one I'm actually listening to now, I'll catch the occasional Joe Rogan if he has a guest on that I'm really interested in, but uh, the one right now is a, a Caltech physicist named Sean Carroll has a podcast he just started recently called Mindscape, and it's it's basically each episode is probably somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour and a half, and he has some other physicist, or it's not necessarily a physicist, like he had some guy talking about uh, consciousness, there's people just basically researchers, anything fascinating, he puts them in a room and they talk for an hour, Ooh, and it's always good. fascinating. That is fantastic. Yeah, that's and I've, I'm a big fan, I've been a big fan of Sean Carroll's for a while, uh, I read his books, he's got a really great book, um, particle at the end of the universe which is all about the large hadron collider oh yeah um if you don't know how that thing works and what it does you will by the time you're done with his book he's a very good writer breaks it down for the masses and his podcast is exactly the same it's it's he's just really good ben? oh I, I just had a question you're a big astronomy nerd favorite celestial body i'm partial to earth <laughs> 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 Sorry, Rich, your favorite celestial body. I think he means outside the solar system, but uh, I could be wrong. No, no. Okay. Uh, off the top of my head, Earth works. I mean, Sun's not bad too. I mean, if you had to trade one, I'd go for lose the Earth and keep the Sun. You don't want to trade Earth and the Sun. Well, what I'm just saying is, I mean, you don't want them to trade. If places. we had to only have one of those two exist, I'd go with Sun. I'd want some time to prepare. Yes, but I'd want to keep the Sun. Definitely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Earth. Well, just the question gets is, cold do you? continue to exist when the earth disappears well no or do you we, go like, with we it? know the earth's going to disappear at some date and it's going to be gone then and there's enough time yeah i'd want that choice because humanity would live through that oh but if the sun went humanity wouldn't live through it i i might want the opposite because then humanity would <laughs> you're dark sir i'm sorry i'm just uh I, i'm i'm in the middle here I, i'm i i can see both arguments you're actually on the end i'm in the middle of you too no it's, Okay, it's a lot. Rich, but, do you know what your celestial body is now that yeah. we've uh, procrastinated enough to? Off the top of my head, I'd have to probably say Andromeda, because uh, it's pretty. It's very pretty. It's... You, if you, if it's clear enough, you can see We're it. We're talking about the galaxy. The galaxy. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, uh, I forget sure. the Messier object designation it has, but uh, it's beautiful. You can see it with the naked eye if you are in the middle of nowhere and there's no light pollution, and you have good eyes, and you have good eyes. Yes, there's a lot of caveats to that, mm-hmm. but. Uh, um, most it's 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 the closest galaxy it's it seems so far yet it's also right there and it's just mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where it's like you can't you can't see the milky way from a profile shot you can only see it from where we are but you look at andromeda and you just get this even larger galaxy that's right there the thing is that's the one galaxy that definitely doesn't have the star wars universe in it well, what makes you say that? Because it's not far, far away. I mean, it's far, far away. But it, as it galaxies very go, far, far away. yeah, but as galaxies go, it's not far away. Well, In but, but, but it's galaxy, the closest galaxy. But the far, first, far away. the first sentence of Star Wars set no real boundaries on mm-hmm. sort of a scale here. So, so is it far away? Is so you're it far, far that, away? You're saying that if you talk about galaxies, <laughs> you would describe that one as not far, far away. I, I, I would. I, oh yeah. Wait, if I'm talking the, on a scale of like supergalactic clusters, Andromeda is like next, next door. It's next door. The text yeah. is not long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away as far as galaxies go. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what the text says. Yes, but if you're going to describe a galaxy, you don't have to say far, far away, unless it's not the closest one. Like, well, in a galaxy far, far away could mean in not this galaxy. Yeah, but yeah, but if you say another galaxy or a galaxy far away. You're definitely, you could be talking about that one. But if you say far, far away, you, like, why would okay, you say that? Let, let's, it's like the house far away from here. Well, if there's any houses close to here, it's not that one. It's got to be farther from that one. Where's the threshold from when close becomes far? 
Like, where's that line? It has to do with what you're talking about. If you're talking about galaxies, you're talking about all the galaxies, you're talking about a close galaxy or a far galaxy. D- don't Andromeda don't is not a far galaxy. I- I'm agreeing with you, but it's fun to agree with Ben. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know what you think I'm arguing. I'm simply I saying... Think arguing. I think we're being pedantic. I, I, I would call that arguing. <laughs> okay. uh, but I'm, I'm being a little I'm pedantic about that. <laughs> what? I'm not arguing with you is what I'm saying. <laughs> Come on, you got something to say? I, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm simply saying that it's not clear cut. I'm not making a counter argument to your point. I'm not saying it is something other than what you're saying. I'm saying it's just not clear cut. I think that I wouldn't bet my children's life on the meaning of far, far, the galaxy far, far away. Is that, are, are those the, I mean. Well, that's a bar I normally do when I'm when someone says, do you think you're oh, right I about see. that? I'll say, well, I wouldn't bet my children's life, but I'd bet you lunch. You know, like, like okay. there's yeah, a barrier yeah. there where you're like, I believe it, but I'm not like, you know, definitely. That seemed like a pretty dark place to go immediately <laughs> like just like right there it was actually um when i interviewed at netflix wait would is there any circumstance where you would just decide sure. to randomly bet your because i mean like if you're yeah. not getting anything in return couldn't you just say yeah i'm never willing to bet my children's life uh, based on knowing something i think that there's some uh, based on knowledge yeah I think there's certain circumstances which you'd you'd bet human life. But that that's when there's a um doing a balancing act. You're saying like I will bet this versus this a, against this. Right, right. But if there's nothing on the other well, side. Well, I mean, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. We find out that the sun's going to disappear. That's sad and I go I'm sorry people everybody and and kids, hey, let's go to Disneyland. Like we can't do anything about it. It's but be if we find out the earth <laughs> is going to go away, I'm going to be like, okay, let's get these kids into space as fast as we possibly can. And so I'd be betting my children's life on the, on that. Right. <laughs> All right. Not not like a, a bet, but more like a gamble with regards to the possibility of them right, living, right? Right, yeah, yeah. right. Um, ben, what is your favorite celestial body? I might just go with Saturn because it's pretty. Yeah. It's you really... It? Because you can look at it at different times and you'll see a different shot of it. You you'll also, see the rings or you'll see it, uh, you know. You also get the naked eye in a dark... It with good eye test that, that Rich laid forth. Yes. Yeah. That is true. But, you know, Earth, you can feel. Can't feel those things. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd say Earth is the only thing, the only celestial body you can feel, right? I think you can feel Mars and the moon here, too. There's rocks of it. Well, I mean, if you want to be really pedantic, you can say that you can feel the gravitational forces of any celestial body i would say your i would say not to say measure but your mm. body affects it but you can't feel it because feeling it is your body experiencing it and being perceptually aware of it so you can't feel it being perceptually aware of it. Some, somewhere out there there's some there's an astrologer going i have a point to make <laughs> <laughs> okay i think we've beaten oh wait we went we've got to resolve whether our future reality television series versus a far far away galaxy series of content is better you're talking about star trek versus star wars yeah you guys brought star it trek up. is not the future and the reason i know is because unless there's a massive massive cover-up the eugenics wars did not happen in 1996 oh yeah um yeah. singh was not sent with uh oh gosh how many was it i used to know how many people were on his ship the thing is, it's not clear what the eugenics war was, except for a reference, and it was bad. But you could theoretically no, say it, that it was there was enough clarity to know that it didn't happen because we did no, not genetically engineer humans. We haven't done that yet. Well, first off, let me just express that it was. It's possible that was it ninety six. 1996. It's possible that people that were born in 1996, there's a whole bunch of them have a certain genetic 
trait that was engineered by humans. It's possible. It didn't happen. And that, that <laughs> no, when no, those no. people That's get to a certain age, they born. actually kill the population. And then you might call that the war of, you know, no. eugenics war. No, of no. Um, I agree uh, with you, though. I think it's fantasy. No, Rich, what do you Khan think? Back has a, this? In, in has a of... clear line of dialogue about this. He Please says in 1996, he says. No, um, Wait, who says this? Khan. In, in uh, Wrath when he, of Khan in, or in the show? Yeah, in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. traditional dates? Yes, because he was born... In, in the, the time of date. traditional dates. Wow. And then he was cryogenically frozen, sent off, and eventually Kirk. However, you're using a quote from an insane man as a justification ah. of it not being a true universe. It's also on uh, Memory Alpha, which is the Star Trek wiki. Yeah, which is just quoting his quote. Yeah, but it, I... Okay, hold on. First off, I think we Do should I stop this to... train of discussion because Rich has already agreed that Star Trek is actually fantasy. As is Star Wars, though harder to prove. Yeah, breaks it breaks my heart to say it, but it's uh, yeah. Okay, so you can't just like smack down my point and then what do you not mean, let I'm me just with you. No, you said that 1996 wasn't the. I it is the day. It is the year. Oh no, it was the year. Oh no, I totally believe your quote is real. I totally. Believe that. I don't think you should be. It able doesn't to quote, matter that he was insane. But but the thing is, I'm saying is that since he's insane, it's a hard quote. But I think the better point, <laughs> the better point is that it's a fantasy. Because it was written um, by people we've heard of. <laughs> but in any case, let's let's move on. There's a whole book about this too. About ninety six. Yeah, but I'm sure it's like beta it's canon. canon. Yeah, the yeah. eugenics wars, the rise and fall of Khan. Roddenberry didn't write it. Mm. Any case, <laughs> um, Star Trek, Star Wars. You both like both. At one point, you felt better about one than the other. You used to like Star Trek as the primary. And Rich, you said you like Star Wars as the primary. And now you've both switched and you're kind of equal on it? Or? I have not switched. No, you're not a Star Wars fan. No. Chewbacca I, doesn't do it for you. Uh, no. No. You want but aliens. Jar Jar is a solid character. You want aliens <laughs> with well-defined ears and foreheads. No. No. I think you're misrepresenting How my many, perspective. What universe has more aliens? What universe has more aliens uh, that we're aware of? That's yeah. like a that's 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 a too close to call kind of thing because on each, screen or like yeah, if you're talking if you're talking like if you're limiting it to certain mediums, then you might be able to make an argument of oh well, you saw more places in the Star Trek shows versus the Star Wars movies. But if you're considering like the whole expanded universes, I would say it's about even because each one really defines Galaxies, its right? own entire. Yeah. Well, yeah. what about this point though? In Star Wars, there are no humans. There are only aliens. In Star Trek, there's a lot of the people are humans. Totally fair point. Yeah. Right. And and for me, Star Wars was simply, I had seen it first as a kid. Mm-hmm. And when you're, because I remember being like five or six years old and just watching A New Hope. Like, I couldn't understand any of the political intrigue or whatever that's going on. To me, it's just the same thing as like, you know, a, a typical childish fantasy story yeah. that was entertaining because there were lightsabers and, and lasers, you know, and, and all that stuff. But then... So I loved Star Wars, and really it was just kind of that falling into the, like, there's a dichotomy. You're either a Star Trek fan or a Star Wars fan. It's yeah. like, well, I've seen Star Wars, so I'm a Star Wars fan. And then later when I got older, I started watching Star Trek, and it was kind of the thing of I realized, like, Star Trek to me is a significantly smarter thing. There's a lot more depth to it. There's so many nuanced issues you can go in. One episode you could practically write like a PhD thesis on just the the things that it deals with. Yeah, yeah. some of them. And that to me is is why I love Star Trek is is that it's something that you can be entertained by it but it can also like it can teach you things. You can have revelations about mm. the stories that they're telling which 
you could sort of get from Star Wars, but to me, that's not the point of Star Wars. Star mm-hmm. Wars is basically a sci-fi fantasy retelling of the old tales of... of the classic right, literature. Yeah, classic literature, you know. You know Archetypic, archetypical yeah. stories. And we know Lucas borrowed from, you know, Kurosawa and a bunch of other things when he was making Star Wars. So so I, I love it for that, and I do love a lot of the things that universe has. But if I, if I want to sit down to, like you know not not necessarily like learn something but but i i want i want something smart and deep that's going to make me go make me think i'm watching star trek although then you can get into the nuances of well which star trek are you watching star trek enterprise are you watching tng are you watching the original series but but just in general i'll give that to star trek but i still loves me some star wars um, nice that yeah. was a that was a really good breakdown i like that that the yeah i agree with all of it yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Except Deep Space Nine over TNG, right? So I, I've heard such good things about Deep Space Nine. I need to watch it. I still have to sit down and watch it because my one of my favorite shows is Babylon Five, mm. and a, a lot of people tell me that if you like Babylon Five, you'll love Deep Space Nine, which I, I've been meaning to watch. It's just there's not enough hours in the day. That is a problem. Yes. How do we make more hours in the day? Air flight. I don't know. Uh, use t- use planes. Mm. You can make your daylight longer if you fly the right direction. Well, yeah, but only up to twenty four hours. Yeah. Well, if we could, because there's a international, there's the time, the date. What's it called? The dateline, international dateline. Well, actually, so if we put everybody close to a black hole and we remain away from it, time will move significantly slower for them. Which, which sort of could be the equivalent of we have more time because we'll be able to do things while they're still stuck in a slower time. State. So you're basically saying that you want. I want to I mean, put like, Earth into a black oh, hole. I have a point about All this. Of- <laughs> I mean, is this like you put your employer uh, closer to the black hole so that way you have more free time or like what, how, how does that, how is that actually negotiated? It could be kind of either thing. Say you want to put your employer closer to the black hole so you either have more time to get the work done or you have more time to get the work done really fast and then go golfing for six Um, days. Can I bring a point in? Does that... Let's have move on to something else. <laughs> ramifications on streaming latencies and things. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your CDN is like splitting. Uh, the intergalactic CDN can't handle the traffic. Oh, mode. that's rough. Yeah. Akamai. Quick touch base on a couple things. Yes. Since we had a conversation, Ben, I went off to Amsterdam and then recorded a quick episode of Geekspeak. And on that episode of Geekspeak, I mentioned that I'm currently not walking around, but actually using a wheelchair. That's true. And I wanted to update the audience to that point because people keep on like I have friends contact me who said, what is happening? Lyle, now? why are you in a wheelchair? <laughs> whoa, whoa a... you're in a wheelchair? <laughs> I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was actually convenient because we came in this room and I'm looking and I'm like, there's only two chairs in here. Like, Wait a second. I brought a chair. <laughs> <I> brought... <laughs> it's convenient. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have surgery on my lower back. Um, my L5 vertebrae has fallen forward. When I walk, it slides down my sacrum and pinches the nerves of my left leg, causing severe pain and possible long-term damage. So that's what's happening. I don't have a date yet. It'll probably be in about a month. So that delay doesn't cause you any harm as long as you stay in the wheelchair? I don't know. Um, I would assume it it kind of causes harm. But Mm. when I pivot my, you know, when I give myself a lap, you know, you can you can take your lap away and you give your lap back. You mean like when you, you stand or sit? To, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I give myself a lap. Well, the the reason I say that is that when I lay in bed flat, I'm I don't have a lap really, but I'm straight. But I have to bend my legs to get the pain to go away. Mm-hmm. So oh, I have a I have a lap at that point, right? Because I'm laying down, but my legs are bent. So do you sleep on your side then? I sleep on my side, or I put a pillow under my knees. Yeah. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Okay. 
um, in any case, when I do that, because of the angle, the compression of the vertebrae is not pressing down on the nerve because I've changed the angle of that. Mm. But it's get, it seems to be getting worse. So I recently just contacted the doctor and said, okay, let's set the surgery up. Let's do it. So anyway, that's what's going on. If you have information around that kind of stuff you want to share with me, please feel free to join our Slack community. We have a GeekSpeak Slack community. If you want to be invited, just send an email to me. I'm Lyle at geekspeak.org. Um, you can also, of course, if you'd like, just visit geekspeak.org. And do we have a contact permission there? I'm assuming we do it. Maybe not. I have no idea. You know, hit me up on Twitter. It's much easier. <laughs> yeah. What's your twiddle hand- twi- Twitter twiddle. handle? Twiddle. Twiddle hander. My tw- you know very well. It's Lyle. It's just my first name. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you get Lyle on every service. Only most of them. Moving on new topics. We don't have a doc in front of us, Ben. We didn't like plan this like a normal show. No, we don't. But the thing that we talked about last was your first day at Netflix because it's the last time we recorded. Now it's been a month and you're still here. Yawn. Yeah. <laughs> Recover that topic, no, right? Uh, I, I guess I, I do have one thing to say about this, which is that um, in my experience and in a lot of people's experiences, and maybe I can hear from you guys about whether it holds true for you. Um, when you join a company, you're super excited. You're like kind of riding high on that adrenaline and that excitement and everything being new and also not having too many responsibilities you're like mainly onboarding Mm -hmm. yeah you're you're learning about all the fun things um and then at some point if you graph it the graph kind of starts to go down you know so we should interview last week you fall (laughs) you fall into this you you plunge into this trough of uncertainty and insecurity and incompetence. Oh, oh no! Yeah, and then you joined us, Ben. And yeah. then you and then you hang out there for a while, and then you kind of claw your way back up to a more sustainable place. So I think I'm probably about a third to half of the way down. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm, and I've I've gone through this journey before, not realizing this is the journey that you go through when you join a company or when you start something uh, really big that's new. Um, so I'm feeling okay overall right now because you know, I know what I know the roller coaster that I'm on. If that makes sense, yeah, it does. Well, I, I just start at the bottom. You really. just start at the I, bottom. I, I kind of don't have that period of like everything is exciting. It's Wait, like so. It's you were hired and you're like, oh, I'm trash. Just <laughs> no, immediately. Well, yeah, well, no, I was already thinking I was trash before I got hired. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it's like, why did they hire me? No, um, uh, really, it, it's that there is that feeling of you know, it's exciting. It's going to be new. You don't know what to expect. Yeah. You kind of don't know. You know, it's, it's something brand new, especially for me, uh, being a the job I was at for about eight or nine years beforehand, it was like, a, and moving from Los Angeles to here, it was a big change. So it was exciting. But at the same time, I kind of already know, similar to what you're saying, is like you kind of know that that's, there's going to be that that thing where you're like, everything is new. I can't, I have no metrics to sort of gauge how I'm doing based on yeah. how I should be doing. And, and so I just kind of start there, but you still have the excitement to sort of get you through it kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, what was your experience? I mean, you've been here for a while, but do you remember what it was like when you joined? Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't a full-time software engineer before I came here. I was, I hadn't been a full-time software engineer for a long time. I was a developer advocate. I do talks, I do presentations, I do teaching, I do API discussions, things of that nature, and traveling to Paris a lot. And before that, in education, I was helping people make like robots and stuff, like completely different thing. So I jumped in two feet and just was consuming JavaScript and iOS development as fast as I possibly could for a long time. 
And I don't think I really thought much about other than, you know, keep doing this job as well as you can. Mm. Um, I am sure knowing myself went through ups and downs, but they were probably every you know few hours rather than every rather mm. a longer curve. Mm. I um, see. The other thing that happened to me when I first started is I started in December and it was like the 15th of December and then everybody went on vacation on the 20th. So I was alone for a week in the building <laughs> and that was kind of surreal. And, you know, when you're dealing with large code base, um, there was so much learning to do. And it was so, it was, it was an older code base and it was um, not, uh, hadn't taken a re, reformatted. It was all kind of, uh, it's hard to explain. It had three or four data models in it and different objects we passed around and you have to figure out what type they were. And it was, it was, it was interesting. So I don't remember the process of what you're talking about, but I definitely get that idea that there's a high in, in the beginning. And then it's yeah. like, oh, wow. I've... There's a high, there's a low, and then you come yeah. to a sustainable place. The one thing I am sensitive about is I don't want to only talk about Netflix and working yeah. at Netflix because that's my other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so so I definitely want to... kill two birds with one podcast Exactly. Here. I definitely am thinking like as Rich is describing what he's doing, I'm like, oh, we could put this on We Are Netflix. <laughs> No. We won't. No. We talked about Star Trek, so it's off. Yeah. Um, so I think we should talk you about something. cannibalize it. I could. <laughs> I could. I've got episodes galore to, to work on for that part. All right. So. Um, so we need to talk about something else. Yeah. Um, we don't have a doc in front of us. We haven't submitted stories. Rich didn't even know he was doing this until about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 38 minutes ago. Like I said, <laughs> um, in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> I go with the flow. That's Rich, what I do. Rich, have you ever done a podcast before? No. Uh-huh, this, this is the first time having to actually have a microphone in front of me and talk and hear my voice. This is one of the oldest podcasts on the internet. Welcome. Oh? Mm-hmm. This is true. Ah. <laughs> Podcasting since 2004. Well, actually, the podcast went live in 2005, but I put a 2004 episode in the feed, so it counts, right? <laughs> I think it counts. I think that counts. Yeah. <laughs> when did you uh, graduate high school, Ben? What? <laughs> <laughs> Six days ago. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that that was that was a long recurring joke on Geekspeak. For a long was time, like you're the young how, dude. How young I was. That's true. Yeah, and to some degree, it was true. But Miles just wanted to rub it in. Yeah, that's true. Did you two see this proposed idea for a gravity battery? <laughs> yeah, I did. No, explain this. I haven't. Okay, the idea. I'll just summarize, it and you can tell me what you want to add but the idea is you have a crane and this is not just a normal crane that goes in one dimension this is just like this is like a a large crane it's a series of cranes that go in these different directions mm-hmm. and what these cranes do and it's a very very tall stack and you've got all of these very heavy bricks that can stack on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And basically the idea is that if you've got all of the bricks surrounding the center column of this uh, crane, and then you have the crane move the bricks from their very high up location down to the ground, then you get energy out of that. Okay. And so you can continually move the the bricks from the inner very um, tightly connected uh, column which goes all the way up to the top. You can move those bricks out to a wider column and therefore and lower and and therefore get this mechanical energy out of it. And so it's a way of uh, just by moving these bricks around, you can uh, pull in energy 
let's say during hours that it's more windy. convenient, let's say more windy or more sunny, mm-hmm. and then you can move these bricks back out when you want to use the energy, like for powering lights at, at night and things like that. No, that makes sense. And we have gravity batteries like this already. Um, I'm calling them gravity batteries because they like the term. But it's um, fun to say. But it's normally done with water, right? You have two reservoirs, and you actually, while you have extra energy, you pump water from the lower reservoir to the upper reservoir, and then you use traditional turbines to you know, use energy back when you drop the water. Right. And right. that to me seems like that's a no brainer, right? Because moving water is pretty easy. You just get a pipe. But this thing is really complicated, right? Because you've got this crane stack in the center and then lots of cranes on the outside to move them back and forth. And all these bricks have to be made. And of course, they're multi-ton concrete, which is not exactly yeah, cheap I'm to I'm imagining make. Like, a, like if Rube Goldberg ran a construction it's to- site. It's, it's totally that. There's a great little video of it, so I'll just uh, I'll just hand you the video, Rich, so you can give we can get a real time experience right, of you let's, seeing let's, it. Let's get I the, think Ben and I've already watched this video. The audio only podcast reaction. Yeah, this is great content. Oh wow. man, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this. Ooh. Watch this video. <laughs> All right, so we got ooh. Oh, it looks like um. It's rewarding though to hear him say ooh. Isn't ooh. It? ooh. Oh. Oh. So I just think it's a little too complicated, right? I mean, basically you have to raise and lower these things, which means all those motors. Yeah, but all those motors and those cables, you got to oil the cables, right? There's all the strain on the cabling. Like it's It's just it's a crane. Yeah, but a crane can't last forever. You got to work on it. Yeah, but everything needs maintenance. Yeah, except that like a pond up high in a mountain, it's just like not as much maintenance. It's a lot simpler. I wonder if you get more, if you can reclaim more energy or not. Just Interesting. from it, you know, because More you've got this, yeah, yeah, you, you've got this um, uh, granularity. It's like true that, that, that the, bl- the that bricks, however, the cable moves the um, motor and vice versa. If that's locked in place, like a chain level where you don't have a lot of loss. Um, that might be more efficient than water throwing, flowing through a turbine. It's true right. that it might be right. less. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, as, as I watch this, like I, I like the concept. It seems a bit just on. At, at watching this, it's like it seems a bit too far-fetched in where it feels like there's there's got to be a better way for what this thing is actually doing. But as I'm looking at this, I'm like, this would be the perfect sort of contraption for, like, the final fight scene in a James Bond movie. Oh, that's why they should make it. Like, yeah. Like, that's like, true, because you could be on top of one of those blocks that's oh, yeah. going and down. Oh, yeah, you've got blocks moving. Oh, you, yeah. you punch oh, the guy yeah. on the one. He moves over there. One like can it's... knock under the block and get squished at the end. Yeah, th- yeah. this, this yeah. is like, there are so Clearly. many, like, entertainment do you clearly here. you two work at Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> Make that crazy thing. We can film it. Yeah. Um, so I think the other aspect is that mountains and water are not everywhere on the planet. Yes. So you could put this in the middle of the desert where there happens to be a lot of sun, I've heard. Mm-hmm. And then you could use this thing. So that's kind of convenient and useful in that regard. Yeah. Watching the video, too, it actually doesn't seem very complex. And so my first thought was like, oh, is this whole thing like running on a Raspberry Pi or something? <laughs> <laughs> I think the tech, it's true. The hard, The software would be really simple. It yeah. would just be like getting the getting the sensors right to make sure that you're actually lifting things properly and that you're you know like yeah. all of the fail safe and mechanisms. all of the stuff around like it's a it's a structure this big. What does it mean for when it's out there against the elements? You and know, the, and well, the other how does it survive wind. a hurricane? How does it survive? You know, the, that the other kind of thing stuff. about that system is that the tech around it is just like any dock in in the on the planet, sea dock, right? Where you've got yeah. a bar, you've got a ship, and you've got the containers, and you're lifting them with robot. Like yeah, that whole thing is that industry exists. And therefore, you do this with those containers. You yeah. take advantage of gear that's already been produced. And, yeah. yeah, which yeah, it makes it a great idea. It's. It, I would love to know the actual practicalities of like if you were, you know, what what environments could you deploy this in, and what yeah. precautions does it have to withstand those elements? And it's interesting. It reminds me that physical storage, physical storage of kinetic energy, 
which is what this is effectively yeah. is, right? Um, it's potential energy. Yeah. Um, is is a very efficient way of doing it. Like you heard of that, the buses that store their energy in a flywheel. You heard that concept? Yeah. Right. Buses? Yeah. So you take a bus and- in, That sounds like a horrible idea because well, buses right. turn. Yeah. Well, you just have to have two flywheels stacked on top of each other, rotating the opposite direction and they cancel each other out. So- Oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. But- That um, solves that problem. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you could also, yeah. But also, like, what happens when one of those flywheels comes loose? That's the problem rolls, with it. Yeah. Also, you have all this extra mass. You're like, oh, yeah, we'll store it in mass yeah. that we have to move, which takes energy. <laughs> so yeah. it's not perfect. But I get the idea of it. You know, you basically, pow- you when you're braking, you use regenerative braking to generate energy that then throws it into the flywheel. Or, theoretically, you could do a gear ratio with the wheels and the flywheel and actually you know, connecting together from from some kind of clutch. It's the same mass problem that we always have with transportation. Like if you look at electric cars, you can't just add 1,000 pounds of battery because now you have to move 1,000 pounds of battery. Mm. Or if you look at the, if, if you look at uh, any of our rockets, you know, you can add more fuel, but now you need more fuel to, move, to move that, move fuel, that fuel and you need more fuel to move. That's why trail trains are awesome. Like thank goodness our gravitational field is 1g instead of 1.3g's because oh, yeah. otherwise we wouldn't be in space no such thing as a chemical rocket that works for you and that seriously gravity. that's how close we are it's to being very chemical. we're very close yeah. it's really very expensive close. to just bring a kilogram up to orbit wow it used it's to not be, about the kilogram though it used to be i think uh, i could be off but I, I remember hearing that for the space shuttle the price was around twenty thousand dollars per kilogram yeah. i think spacex has it down to a couple of thousand per kilogram we need rail guns obviously we need <laughs> terrestrial based shoot into orbit material uh if if only yeah, yeah that's true that would be only. amazing other news stories either of you have from the week of tech Unfortunately, uh, just thanks to uh, current events, my my news feeds are all littered with Game of Thrones stuff. Like just because it just ended, so that's all everybody's talking about. So all of the tech stories aren't. Uh... Oh, I did hear there was one story. Uh, apparently, they've found what looks like holes, quote unquote, punched through the Milky Way. Uh, uh, it, it, I forget. I got to dig up the story. There were some astronomers that were saying that it looks like uh, uh, something. Um, basically, kind of shot through the Milky Way and left some holes in in uh, in the glaciers clouds. Yeah, it was something like that. I, Ooh, I'm, I'm butchering uh, well, it for, for. I'll let you research that. Yeah, let me try to pull that up, Mr. Jaffe. Um, there is a trailer for Star Trek Picard. Yes. Oh, I didn't Star watch Trek. that. What, which do, you is, what do you think I, about this? They they must have spent so much time on that title. Star Trek Picard. It's about Picard. I'm very happy at the prospect of seeing Patrick Stewart in another Star Trek related thing. Um the cool the thing I like about it is that uh he has said that he only wanted to do it if it was going to be really very different. And so um so it's him in retirement? I I mean who knows because we have one trailer that shows one shot of Patrick I haven't Stewart. seen the trailer. There's a lot of grapes. Yeah, he's at the vineyard. His, yeah, his, exactly. His brother's passed away. His, he's taken up with uh, And that's a question. Why Why is it that Jean-Luc Picard is French from La Barre, France, and he has an English accent? Because he 
learned in school. And I don't know. It's Star Trek. Maybe everybody has an English accent that is in Europe. Because he's actually a Shakespearean actor, Picard, Jean-Luc Picard. Maybe in 1996. No, don't don't bring that in. Don't don't bring the eugenics wars <laughs> into this. Could have been that all of France was taken over by the British after eugenic wars. I don't think that happened. How do, how how would you know? Oh, he's got a British way, accent. You His were, brother has a, a French accent. Was though. that part it's of the eugenics war? Was everybody needs to have a British accent because that's, that's right. just the best accent? That's the best accent. No, you they, sound the smartest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, watching. I'm watching Lucifer right now. Oh, wait, wait. Ooh, before before well, we before we change to something else, I just have to defend myself because I looked it up just to give you the benefit of the doubt. Thank you so much. And indeed. Um, all of the eugenics wars information that I'm talking about comes from one movie and two episodes. Two episodes? Yeah. So of what series? The original sp- series, Space Seed, where you first meet Khan. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which is the movie. And then there's an Enterprise episode that mentions the eugenics wars of the 90s and gives more detail. Oh, okay. See, I haven't so, watched Enterprise. I'm not a true fan. Yeah. Uh, Lucifer has been fun for the family. The girls are really enjoying it. They're middle school students. What is Lucifer? Um, Lucifer is a, t- a Netflix original about Lucifer, as in the a- fallen angel, getting bored with hell and coming to, I think, New York. L.A. I think L.A. Yeah, yeah, L.A. I think, I think it's, it's huts underneath uh, the, the Griffith Observatory. Yeah, and opening up uh, a bar. Oh, that's excellent. I want to watch that. And so he befriends in the first episode. He doesn't like this murder that happens, and he tries to figure it out, and he befriends a, a cop, and she's and him solve crime. But he's, you know, Lucifer. <laughs> and he calls himself Lucifer. But the thing about him is he has a British accent, and I think that's funny. Of course. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you're Lucifer. You could be anything you want, right? So, yeah. Anyway. But it's been fun. It's like a, it's, it reminds me of like a, a mid-90s uh, cop show, you know? Mm. Kind of, they're kind of misaligned, but kind of attracted to each other. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. And, and one of them just happens to be the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> one of them happens to be the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> Retired. <laughs> Retired Prince of Darkness. Okay. <laughs> You're telling us about so, our galaxy being th- ripped apart violently by some not, well, well, interstellar well, thing. So let me try let me try and phrase this properly. So so the the edge of the galaxy. I'll just read verbatim from this article. That's always safer. Yes, exactly. Uh from the Mother Nature Network. Uh from a fellow called Christian Cotreno. The edge of the galaxy is already a strange place, even when you consider the overall weirdness that is space. It's sheathed in a vast halo of hot gas that's studded with old stars and globular clusters and maybe even traces of a ghost galaxy that predates the Milky Way. So that's the setup. Cool. You got this. The edge of the galaxy is this sort of gaseous place and it's got some old star clusters in it. So some uh, astronomers noticed that there were some disturbances in some of these star clusters. Normally, if everything's kind of quiet and gravity is just sort of doing its thing as we think it works on the sort of stellar or galactic evolutionary scale, these clusters shouldn't be all that weird. But a few of them are weird in that in the way that they're weird, it looks like they've been disturbed by some incredibly massive object just getting shot through it. Huh. Huh. And so there's the question of, well, what could have possibly done this? And the current things that I was reading was, is they're basically saying that it, it looks like their guesses is that it was probably something very heavy and made of dark matter. But Wait, start- why do they say dark matter? Because it, the, the, my understanding is, is that the traces of if it, if, if it would have been a black hole or if it would have been something made of ordinary matter, it should have left some signs that you should be able to look for, but that they're just not seeing. But also, it's it's it, there's kind of a slippery slope in that 
lots of times in astrophysics, whenever things start to get weird, people kind of throw up their hands and go, dark matter. I know. Or <laughs> dark energy. That or quantum totally, physics. Yeah, yeah. That totally like got my little ire when you said that. I'm like, that's, why would you say dark? You don't even know what dark does. Dark matter like collide. You don't know. We don't even know. We don't even know if it exists. Like, right, we have right. a really good idea that it it. Based on what we see, something like that should exist, but we haven't right. actually detected it But it's funny because it we normally think of its existence because of natural, natural matter, if you, natural matter, uh, ordinary matter um, reacting a certain way we know it exists. And yeah. therefore, we can't really think of it existing outside of normal matter because we don't have any way to detect it. So right. it's almost like a companion to normal matter. So then you're thinking it's on the mm-hmm. outskirts in a concentrated form. It's like, well, that well, that's it's, not necessarily dark matter. It could be something else we don't know about. Yeah, it's this whole thing. of The whole need for it kind of arises from you, we, we think we know how gravity works, even though we don't exactly know what it is. There's no quantum mechanics equivalent for gravity yet that we know of. So, But we have this idea through general relativity and all the Newton stuff about, given how we think gravity works and how galaxies seem to be constructed, this is how they should move. And when we observe them at a long enough time, we see that they don't actually move that way. They move as if they're significantly heavier than they actually are hmm. so there's dark matter there's got to be something that like there's something we don't understand well yeah. given what we do understand what would make the most sense to add on to that and that's usually where dark matter comes in when they talked about this potential heavy object or massive object moving at high speed why high speed and why heavy object um like because it perturbed things in a certain way. I that's sort of the impression I got. Now, obviously, I I'm, love that you. They know from the 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 lack of knowing what it is that it was big, it was fast, yeah, and it wasn't, and it wasn't a black hole. It, like, yeah, it's well, that, why wasn't it a black hole? It's that thing of like the the impression that I got was is that it it's the way that the, the star clusters were disturbed, like th- things that are that massive would really only react like this in the presence of something that was incredibly massive and i think and i think also the the disturbance pattern suggested that it was moving at a high velocity but at the same time this is me trying to yes. piece together a, like a couple of articles i yes. read all right cool um but it's, it's definitely a, a fascinating a mysterious thing. outside I, i'm curious though because when, when you do it on the whole dark matter topic you've got the idea of well maybe it's this thing and we can detect it but i i've been looking into uh, competing theories that basically try to explain dark matter without dark matter. And yeah. There's one of them that I found interesting that has some problems with it, but I liked the idea of basically gravity does not always operate on the inverse square law. After you get to a certain enough distance, it actually changes. Mm. There's a few things you can work around to where things actually make more sense and you don't need dark matter. But um, mm. but you could still call that dark matter. Yeah. I mean, until you have a better name for it. <laughs> Well, my favorite was is what, for the quantum mechanics side of things where they were trying to figure out, is there a dark matter particle? And my favorite was the name for the candidate particle was called the WIMP. Yes. Oh, yeah. The weakly interacting massive particle. Physicists have the cutest names They're for very, things. Very cute names. I also feel like the dark matter story and the dark energy story are two things just basically, you know, highlighting we don't know something. Totally, yeah. You know? It's, it's uh, the, the one step down from when math says the answer is infinity. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we don't know something. Let's find out. Polyfills. What is a polyfill, Ben? We're going to talk about software now? Ooh. Oh, uh, I mean, I was saying conceptually those are polyfills. Uh, they're saying, okay, well, we don't really understand this fully, so we're going to say it is uh, 
dark matter and dark matter seems to behave this way and we don't really know what it is but th- these are the properties of it. I like the way you're saying polyfill as it cuz it's kind of like yeah. it, we don't have the feature we need so we'll put something in there yeah. to have the feature. Right, that's it's, that's, that's cool. pretty much Let's what it monkey is. patch physics because we <laughs> like that's basically what we're doing. That's not what, what physics really is anyway, science yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. This will fit. Does it keep fitting? It keeps fitting. All right, we're good. Yeah. But yeah, a polyfill would be when you're trying to do something, let's say, in a web browser, and uh, some web browsers have this feature and some browsers do not. Well, for the browsers who do not, you either have to decide, I'm just not going to use this feature at all, or I'm going to use this feature in the newer browsers, and I'm going to write some code that makes the older browsers behave in the same way as the newer browsers do. And that's so called words, a polyfill? That's Yeah, that's called a polyfill. It's like implement the functionality of the feature in the browser that doesn't have the feature yet to just enough of a degree that it works for your purposes. And or, induce bugs that are very confusing. Oh, yeah, the best. That's, I remember the old prototype JS days. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could I could rant about that for days it, where, where it's just the idea of like, okay, so Brendan Ike created JavaScript in, in his words, I created JavaScript in 12 days with conflicting requirements and under extreme duress. This, Is but, that how the universe was created? No, that's uh, seven days. Seven, seven days. days. Oh, well, okay. well, the seventh day doesn't really count, though. He that's not my day off. What was there duress? Uh, I think the du- and conflicting specs and, and <laughs> oh, if I remember correctly, Ike said he wanted. Oh no, not Ike. I mean, I'm talking oh, about the God universe. The, yeah, oh, the universe. universe. We have another colleague on our team that's a theologist. We can bring him in if you yeah, like. But yeah. let's continue talking about yes, Ike. Okay, let's talk about JavaScript. Um. Uh, anyway, so 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 Ike knew that there was. He basically wanted scheme in a browser, which uh, at the time Java was the new hotness. So everybody wanted Java in a browser. So he basically put scheme in a browser, but gave it a Java facelift. And he knew that he wasn't going to be able to write this in a way that was... There was going to be patches. There was People were going to need to fix it. So that was why he made it uh, overwritable at the prototype, so you could monkey patch it. But then you have this library called Prototype that says, hey, you can modify it, so let's put all these helper functions rather than in a, a separate namespace. We'll put them on Prototype. But JavaScript has this lovely thing to where if you try to actually ask an object for all of its keys, what, what, what properties do you have? It looks up its entire inheritance chain. So you have a library that helps you as long as you are not using anything other than that library. And there was this giant war between prototype and jQuery and all of that stuff. And it was uh, fun, quote unquote, times. You know, as a a podcast host, I'm thinking, how much do I want to dive into this? Like, there's people that understand exactly what you said. But then there's people people in this room. And then Uh. (laughs) there's people that are like, I kind of curious about that. And I feel like I want to go deeper into that dive. And then I'm also thinking about the people that go, Oh God! I hope I don't talk about JavaScript. Very right? Long. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where's where do you draw the line there? It's it's the uh, the yeah. Because I could probably rant about that stuff for days. Yeah. Uh, and and have a fireside chat about it. But, yeah. Uh, I could see that'd be fun. Lyle, maybe you should start a new podcast. I think start another podcast, but JavaScript. <laughs> How many do you have now? Only three. Only three. Well, four, but that one hasn't developed in a long time. But I did buy the domain name back again. I just haven't put the episodes back up. Years ago. Uh, call it, a friend of mine I was working with, we were thinking about how media was changing a lot. And so we decided, hey, let's do a right. show and interview people about media. I remember this. And so we, we interviewed quite a few people that had just kind of started doing podcasts or YouTube channels. We did like six episodes and then we stopped. But I plan on launching that again and just going and interviewing those six people again hmm. just to see what their careers did, you know, what they did. That would be interesting. Yeah, it'd be so, fun. Yeah, if you still got the old stuff, you piece it together. I have the old stuff still, so it's one of those projects. So that's kind of one of the podcasts I have. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> so you have 3.6 podcasts. 3.6 podcasts. <laughs> 3.06, really, I think. 
3.06. Yeah, because, you know, Geek Speak has a thousand episodes. <laughs> Damn. All right. Yeah. Yeah. 3.06. Yeah. So. Um, That's a lot of episodes. I definitely don't feel like I've got my game though tonight because I don't have any documentation in front of me about what we're talking about next. I don't have, I'm not on my game either because um, I'm worried about my little kitty who I'm going to pick up from the vet soon. <gasps> what did, what happened to your kitty? He's actually totally fine. Um, okay, so here's what happened with my cat. Uh, he seemed to not be peeing anymore, which if you have cats, you know that's a very bad thing, especially for a male cat. It could mean a blockage. It could mean a $3,000 surgery. It could mean like a lot of bad things. And can, also, Can I say that yeah. for most animals, the lack of peeing is a bad thing. It's Not just cats. Yeah. And I'd say almost, I'd say all mammals. But it, uh, so I don't know as much about all mammals, but, but I cat. do know that like for a cat, it could be like 48 hours to 72 hours and then it could be fatal. Like, it oh, could really? Be, it's like a really big deal. Your cat stops peeing, you take him to the vet right now. So I was noticing like, okay, he hasn't peed in the litter box in like a day, a day and a half, two days. This is scary. Um, he's pooping and everything, but peeing, not peeing. Uh, but apparently he's been peeing. Oh, the vet I'm told so me sorry. he's been peeing. He just has not been peeing in his litter box. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm sorry. <laughs> so I did. Did do, you find it? No, I did, did you do smell it? a pretty thorough. Did you check sniff search of my house? Okay, and I didn't find anything. Can Can Rich and I query you on places you haven't checked? Sure. Okay. The first one I'm going to ask you about. Yeah. Is the inside of your dryer below the drum? Uh, no, I did not check there because there's a door that's blocking him from getting there. The entire room. The entire room. So glad to hear that. Ben has <laughs> a stacked washer and dryer that we're not designed to stack, and and the yeah, front panel is off, so oh. you can reach your hand in and lose your fingers anytime you want. Oh, and geez. I said, you know, if you had a cat, you that's a bad idea. So <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that your cat's not going there. Rich, you have to guess where your, his cat's being now. Keep in mind, Rich has never been to Ben's house. This is true, though they live less than a mile of each other. This is true. Oh, really? Because you're just up the road on Winchester. Yeah. I'm I'm next door to Netflix. Well, and I, actually, depending on what building you're in, I'm either next door to Netflix or behind Netflix. He's oh. at the other buildings. Mm. All right. Um, but you have not... You're stalling, sir. You're I stalling. Am. This is this is because I'm trying... So, so well, the first question is, do you have a reclining couch? No, we have a futon. Because mm, that's that's something that I have had happen before. Not, not a cat peeing, but yeah. for a lot of recliners, when they're in the reclined position, the back flap on the back will sort of open up. And at my aunt's house, I actually, when she was having like, it was like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, uh, somebody had the, the chair back and then the cat jumped in, put the chair up, the cat got stuck. And we were yeah. like, did it get hurt? No, it was perfectly fine, which thank goodness. But it because did pee. Uh, it, I, well, I, we didn't smell it. it. It may have. I didn't certainly didn't notice. But that was why my first thought is, is like, wouldn't that be? Well, that's a place where I've seen a cat get stuck before. Do you have house plants? I do. Yeah, we do. And how big are the pots the house plants are in? Not quite big enough for it to be comfortable or convenient. Do you think your cat is peeing in the sink and how wonderful that would be? Using oh, the toilet? Be, that would be. Or the toilet. Ooh, that's no, even better. No, toilet lets down. Um, is the toilet in the same room as the washer and dryer? No. No. Okay. No. If you if you stick your Could, hand in the toilet, will you lose fingers? Well, I got no. <laughs> Let's take Rich over to your house and experiment. <laughs> yeah, so you don't. You know. could come over to my house and we could watch DS Nine. Ooh, yeah, and we could search for cat pee. So it'll be Doesn't it'll be a Star Trek like DS Nine viewing party and a cat piss smelling party. Yeah, I like it. That sounds Please good. You do want not to invite me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to half of that party. Um, can I ask you more about this cat? 
Yeah. You know that the cat was peeing because it had been multiple days and it came to the doctor and the doctor's like, this cat doesn't have that pee problem. The doctor said his bladder was pretty small and they're going to do, they like took a urine sample, which is, oh, I'm so glad I'm not a cat. <laughs> like, it's so easy to, I also went to the doctor and I also gave them a urine sample and it was really a lot easier for me <laughs> than it was for my cat. Ben, I'm glad you're not a cat too. Yeah, I'd be gone from here very quickly. I'm ambivalent about like, the fact that you're not clearly a made a bad hiring decision. There. I'm gonna have to ask a couple of stupid questions. Okay, can your cat go outside? No, <laughs> that was one. That's good. Two, do you know where your cat is peeing? No. Is your cat on? Now, stay with me here for a second. All right. Is your cat on hemo or parental parental uh, dialysis? No. You sure? What does that mean? <laughs> well, my sister's on hemodialysis and at home, and she doesn't pee. And so that could be the reason okay. if your cat was on hemodialysis. Are there any no. cat-sized dialysis machines in your house that you're unaware of? Mm, I, could, I can't answer that. Because if I'm unaware of them, I can't say yes or no. But they okay, could be hidden in that compartment underneath I, the dryer. I think that I think the vet would probably have known if you had, if your cat had complete kidney failure. Yeah. You, the answer is always figure. no. If someone says, "Is there a thing that might be true that you don't know about?" You might be surprised. Or, sorry, yes. The answer is always, always yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Jaffe, you still do not know where your cat is going to the bathroom, but your cat is at the vet right now, being dis- like Tortured. talked about. Okay, yeah. and is your and so you're not going to know until later when the cat comes back, and you're going to watch it all day. Uh yeah, all night. Wow, I'm, I'm I hope get... your cat's okay. I mean, I'm glad that your cat's not sick. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm worried really for glad your... about that too. I feel Closet? I feel like a bad I feel like a bad dad because I may have brought him to the vet for no reason at all. I think that's better than not bringing the it vet. It is and better. Him die. It is better. But he is the sweetest cat except when he's at that vet. He turns into a monster. Like we walked through the door. He started started hissing. Peeing everywhere. (laughs) Oh, that's where he pees. I'm like, hey, little dude, it's just me. And he's like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm fine. Until they rolled him back into... My my dog recently visited the vet. The the puppy. Just on his own? Yeah, he's like, hey, I'll check you later. Hey, vet, saw your light was on. Figured I'd stop by. He actually, um, he's at the age where we've decided that he's had uh, male reproductive organs long enough. Oh, yeah. And so we brought him to the vet, and he doesn't have male reproductive organs. Well, he has partial, partial male. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so we've, we've had him at spayed. I can never remember if it's spayed, spayed or... Spayed is female, neutered is male, I believe. What, weird, right? I, I th- how do I remember that? Well, I it's I like that bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah. Like, yeah. why are they different? For some reason, gender means the word is different. And yeah. It's funny, though, because like in this situation, this is one situation where it actually really is important what kind of procedure you're going to do. Yeah, so maybe there's two different types of procedures that the vet needs to know. Yeah, you know? I'd, like, I'd like my male dog to be spayed. Uh, <laughs> sir? Sir? That might be challenging. Yeah. We'll try. We'll give it our darndest. But... <laughs> so anyway, he's got that little cone. He's adorable. And he seems oh. to be in a really good space. But, you know, he's obviously not happy that he's not able to not have a cone. The cone of but he's shame. navigating really well and everything. It's really cute. Yeah. And he's back and it's nice. Yeah. And he's peeing. So there's that. And I know where he's being. Outside is the answer for my mm. dog. Well, I hope your cat's okay. I'm envious of you. Well, uh, and you're outside peeing. Doesn't dog. your cat travel back and forth sometimes? Yeah. yeah and you go a, for walks with your cat. It's a joint custody cat. Wait a second. You said that your cat does not go outside. Yes. But I know for a fact you go hiking with your cat. <laughs> That's true. 
So were you hiking every day and forgetting that it was I mean, being strictly outside? speaking, no, I was not. And strictly speaking, every animal goes outside because you have to get them home from wherever you find them. You know what I meant, sir. Unless they were born in your house and they never leave. Which is true for mice. It, it is often true for mice. Yeah. We have some mice who live outside of our house. They eat all of our grapes. Oh, that's not... How do you know they're mice? They might be rats. They're probably rats. They're definitely not small possums. How do you know? Because I saw a small possum. And they can't climb a... a... I saw a small possum in my compost bin. And he or she did not yet know that I was bad news. So he just sat there and looked at me. Possums don't really care about people very much. Well... I've, I've if you get close to them, they'll like. Yeah. yeah. Let's all do the possum sound, shall we? Okay. Um, I came home one day when I was probably, I don't know, 17 or something like that. And my father had a fencing raper and he was sweating. And I think he was shirtless, but he was definitely like in a strange state with a, with a fencing raper. You know, sword. With like a sword. Yeah. yeah. You like, come home and your I'm father. I'm so glad you're here. Grab this box and go over there. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> he was trying to get a possum out of the house. I don't know how he, why he grabbed a sword to do that, but he was trying to just usher a possum out of the house wow. with a sword. It was hilarious. So that's what I think of when I think of possums. I'm, I'm just really hoping that he was doing like his best Inigo Montoya from Princess Bride he impression. He definitely gave a couple quotes. Okay, yeah, good. Absolutely. He was a good, good at quotes, especially musicals. So he probably did like uh, Pirates Penzance kind of stuff there. Okay, perfect. Ben. Hope your cat does well. Yes. Rich, thanks so much for joining us on GeekSpeak. Hey, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Good. Any closing thoughts? Meow. Have your pets spayed or neutered? <laughs> <laughs> the correct one. <laughs> yeah, make sure you find out which one first. Can cats have bar mitzvahs? GeekSpeak is a registered service mark of David Lawrence and user permission, and GeekSpeak is Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Use our stuff any way you'd like. Just let them know we made it. The theme song is by Michael Newman of Pet Star Music. I'm Lyle Troxel, and in the air room, and thank you so much, both of you, Ben Jaffe, yo, and supervillain Rich Zurad. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you.